I'm your watcher, Jack. I'm your watcher, Adrian. <laughs> uh, we're getting ready to talk to you all about the episode Earshot. Earshots. I have a summary of, this, of the episode. All right. Buffy fights two demons. One killed. One gets away and Buffy gets crazy white blood on her hand that seeps in through her skin, giving her telepathy for a week. Bioluminescent. It was bioluminescent. It was bioluminescent, but it was white. It was crazy white. It was pretty bright. It originally aired on September 21st, 1999. It was written by Jane Espenson. Is that right? What? September? Yes. Oh, yes. yes. It okay. originally aired September. This is an important thing. Yeah. I'll get into it after I finish this. Written by Jane Espenson and directed by Regis Kimball. Uh, it originally aired in September because they delayed the air date of this because before it came out the Columbine shooting happened. Yeah. And and initially I thought it was because they had shooting uh like references to shootings, but no, they had jokes about shootings. Uh yeah. I don't know that this episode would have been made n- now. No, no, not, definitely not, not in its current state. No, no. Um, it's interesting because I bordering on trendy. This, actually, it's one of the saddest lines from today's point of view. Was the comment that school shootings are bordering on trendy at this point? Yeah, right after Cordelia and that says was twenty years ago. Right after Cordelia says that. Everyone that it, like shootings are happening more and more often. Like my comment is the jokes we can't tell ever again. The end of jokes that everyone has thought about taking out the whole school with the semi-automatic. <sighs> Different times, man. He said idly. Yeah. I, I find it. I, I find things like this really interesting because this was this was twenty years ago, guys. Mm-hmm. Um and. Uh, and we have it's 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 not better. It's worse. So uh, I don't know, America, get your shit together. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've heard more than once. You know the 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 kids that are that are the Parkland shooting survivors. They are the generation who has grown up with active shooting drills. Yeah, we had tornado drills when I was in school. We didn't practice what to do if someone was shooting up the school. You know, I was I was in high school when the Columbine shooting happened, and they did a, they made a lot of changes around our school. Mm-hmm. But active shooting drills were not one of them. Uh, they limited the colors we were allowed to wear because it might be gang related. Mm. Uh, you know, we had um, metal detectors and just all manner of things that happened. Uh, but yeah, active shooting drills not one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so to, at the very beginning of the episode, Angel is walking, not at the very beginning, it's later in the episode, after Buffy has her telepathy, she goes to Angel, Angel's mansion, and he's walking 
towards the curtains that apparently lead to the outside world because there's no door here. And then Buffy opens the curtains and come in and comes in and he like reels back from the sunlight. And I have a lot of questions. One of them being, why is there no door here? Why are there just curtains to the outside? And secondly, where was he going? I have a third question. Why didn't she close the curtain? Yes. When she came that, in, there was still like a foot gap. I closed that shit in my house and I am not a vampire. It's just fucking bright. Yeah. It was weird. It was a weird scene. But you're right. Was he just courting death? Was he suddenly <laughs> suicidal angel again? Yeah. Like, there's nothing over there in that side of the room but these curtains that apparently lead to the outside. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And by the way, don't you think that that snug a tank top would be uncomfortable to just wear around all the time? If I had a body like David Boreanaz did back then, I, I wouldn't find it uncomfortable. <laughs> I was going to say, I used to wear incredibly tight t-shirts. Uh-huh. I don't anymore, and now I do, in fact, find them to be uncomfortable. Um, I think when you're young, there are just certain things you can't feel. I don't know. Man, I don't know that I've ever liked my clothes to touch me. Um, well, you, your life must be hard. <laughs> <laughs> when, your clothes, when your clothes are all, like, reach around you and they, they hug your body into this shape... That is like. I don't think David Boreanaz's body gets hugged into a shape. I think it just looks like that. No, 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 no. Like, like into like you just you're you just are the shape that like everyone wants. Like, there's something in you that like makes you want to like show it off as much as possible. I guess. So what I'm hearing is that that David Boreanaz is your type. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> At the time. I... I do like that square shoulder thing, I have to admit. Really like Angel in this episode again. David mm-hmm. Boreanaz is on. You know what? You know what? Maybe we're wrong. Maybe the like last episode is when he found out he was getting his spinoff. Mm. And now he's like, oh shit, I gotta work for this. Yeah. I gotta work now. I gotta make sure that people want to watch me. Yeah. Like, maybe he thought Angel was going to get written off or something, mm-hmm. and maybe now is when he knows he's got the spinoff, and now he's just, like, back in the zone. Mm-hmm. Dude, I don't get why he came back for season three after he'd been killed in season two. That's like, that's like, you're welcome, son. You are, you're forever on the show, if you want it. Like... We brought you back from hell. David, David, just give us a call. Contact us on Twitter or Instagram. We would really like to talk to you about this. You can email us. We might even apologize for some of the trash we spoke previously. Yeah. Probably not, but, but not, maybe. Probably not me. <laughs> um, but I, I, like, he is on in this episode. I love the look, like, this sort of, like, sleepy expression that he's got when Buffy is trying to lead him into thinking something about faith. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the the deadpan joke he makes. I like it even more when he's like, I'm a funny guy. Yes. Yeah, that's so great. <laughs> like, it's just, he's, he's really adorable in this mm-hmm. episode. This is, this is my favorite version of Angel. Yeah. It's pretty good. When he actually does show up for work. Yes. Yeah. Um, I have a random comment about 
Given the complete and utter lack of an apparent dress code at Sunnydale High School, I'm really amused by the relative modesty of their cheerleading costumes. Yeah. It's a crew neck sweater with long sleeves and a mid-thigh skirt. Mm Mm-hmm. And, I mean... We had a pretty strict dress code at my high school. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened to all the words in that sentence. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But uh, our cheerleader skirts, they had, like, um, sleeveless tops. Uh Uh-huh. And the skirts were, like, fake pleated. Uh Uh-huh. So, like, the girls had sort of... um, bloomer boy short type bottoms mm-hmm. and the skirts instead of having pleats were actually just panels oh huh huh i was kind of wondering how fake pleats was going to play out yeah i didn't know how else to put it like if they were standing still it looked like pleats but then when you like did turns or tricks or anything like that they would fan out and you could see that it was like um mm-hmm Wonder Woman style. Yeah. No, I gotcha. I understand. So, uh, yeah, it was just, it's just really odd to me that that's their cheerleading costume. Especially for California. Like, a sweater? Yeah. It's a weird choice. (laughs) There are so many moments that I like in this. I love, I love Joyce tending to Buffy and trying to get away, and Buffy being like, Mom, I just want you to sit here with me. And then, you had sex with Giles? Twice on a police car. <laughs> yes. Like all of the increasingly uh, worse thoughts that people are having around Buffy. I think like I thought which, of you during this episode, specifically because specifically because you complain a lot about the lack of consequences. Mm-hmm. And this Giles and Joyce sleeping together is something that has consequences that last yes yeah um yeah like we we come back to that mm-hmm. multiple times and I, I i love it i love that this episode is very much like no we didn't forget what happened in previous mm-hmm. episodes i love that yeah i i thought this uh that particular uh moment specifically like i, I thought we had like uh i thought we had like didn't we have a polemic about like did did giles and uh joyce have sex and or didn't they like i thought we had a I, I do that. remember having that conversation, um, but yeah, now it's pretty. But now we confirm. Yeah, I, I keep trying to play footsies with both of you, and I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I keep thinking I could just put my foot up on the arm of Donna's chair. She wouldn't mind, certainly. You can. It would be fine. This chair. I, I don't know. Like I just keep wiggling around in this chair. Yeah. And it's squeaky. I'm sorry. That's so I'm cool. gonna do that. All right. So we're all cuddled together now, like a pile of puppies. Freddie Iverson is cute. He and... is cute. I meant to look him up. He's my type. He is your type. I've told Adrian before, I have I have got a whole class of young men that I just refer what, to as what, Adrian's what, boys. Why, why is he her type? Why, why can't he be my type? Like, why would you just give him to Adrian? Because, Adrian's already married. She has no type. Because I know what her type is. Uh, excuse you. I'm not dead. She, she totally has a type. I don't know what your type is. What is your type? It, also, Freddie Iverson, I just said he was okay, cute. Okay, so you, you like... I was the first to say he was cute. You like pretty boys? Uh, Definitely. His okay. name is Kiram Malachi Sanchez. That's an interesting sequence of names. Uh huh. It is. He's been in a lot of things. Uh, Texas Chainsaw 3D. Hello, I am your Irish Jewish Mexican. Right. <laughs> <laughs> for, the, for the evening. Uh, True Blood. 
Um, oh, he was in the L Word. He was in the L Word. I remember who he was in the L Word. Um, he's been in a lot of things I haven't seen. Okay. I see. I like. I like your Jensen Ackles, like big man, yeah. burly man. To like uh, your. It's funny that uh, you just called Jensen Ackles big burly man man. Um, well, that's as manly as I go. Like any further, it's it's too much. But he's not actually particularly manly. He's got a very. He's very. He's very pretty. I would say he's manly. He's got a big square build. Yeah. And, I mean, he's he's, he's, he's got beautiful he's, full lips. He is pretty, but he's pretty in a in a man way. Sorry, no, did I say Jensen Ackles? You did. Okay, I meant Jared Padalecki. Okay. okay. Oh, less manly. <laughs> no, more manly. More manly. Less manly. More manly. More manly. Because he's bigger, he's got broader shoulders, he's, like, more muscled. He's... Okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> oh, he was in the Garbage Pail Kids. Yeah. Okay, so Jared Padalecki, uh, manly to, like, um... To, uh... Like, Freddy. Is okay. a, as is as feminine as I'll go. Okay. Because Freddie had like I think he had glitter like lipstick. Or <laughs> Did he? He, he, he like, didn't, but it would be very easy to picture it. Yeah. I, I actually got helped at Ulta the other day by a guy who looked a lot like him, and I said to the guy, "Oh my God, you're beautiful!" And the guy went, "What?" And I went, "You're so pretty," and he went, "Girl, I can't with you." And then I, he walked aw. away from me. I say Jensen Ackles is more feminine than Jared Padalecki because. Because you're wrong. Jensen Ackles is where she draws the line at Manly. Because okay. she doesn't go all the way to Jared Padalecki. She stays at Jensen Ackles. I like Jared goes, Padalecki in... I lost my shoe. And she goes all the way to Russell Brand. Okay. I do go all the way to Russell Brand. And I do not go to Russell Brand. I draw the line at hair. I like Manly. Keep your hair short. But like, you like Jared Padalecki. He's had, like, Jackie Kennedy mid, hair mid at one point. Mid-length, though. It's like, it, it, it kind of bounces on his shoulders. Okay. Shut up! So Larry's <laughs> in this episode again, and it's amazing! I love Larry in this episode. I do Larry too. is so great! Like, this was so not a 90s portrayal of a gay man. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't have, like, the, the stereotypical, like... He's not. He's not a queen. He's not flamboyant. He's not a twink. He's no. just a dude in a plaid shirt who is being incredibly nice and concerned yeah, like, for Xander. Like he's gonna grow up to be a bear, and it's great to have a portrayal of like that in like yeah he's, of a teddy bear on TV. He's so great. And does, what happens to him? He dies. Does he die at graduation? Yeah. God damn it! Fuck the mayor! I hate the mayor. Well, barrier gaze was still a thing. Yeah. Okay, but he was really good. I loved. I loved his just dude. Come up with a coming out announcement. They'll put it in the paper for yeah. you. Like it's no big deal. And and yeah, he was just so great. He was so great. And Jonathan, I gotta mention something about Jonathan. Of course, we're gonna come back to Jonathan because because of course we are. But when Willow was air quote interrogating Jonathan, she started talking about. Fantasies? Don't you have fantasies of everyone paying attention to you? <laughs> Superstar! Superstar. <laughs> this is... Okay, so... Um... Man. Can we talk about Jonathan now? Sure. Should we wait? We can talk about Jonathan now. One of the things I wrote down are the consequences of saving Jonathan. So first off, I hadn't even considered that, but Willow basically gives him the idea of her superstar. Mm -hmm. And then, as a result of saving John, like, 
is saving Jonathan the thing that makes season six happen? I think mm-hmm. no. I think I think I, I think, think they would have they would have done it anyway. They would have found a different third. Yeah. But Jonathan was the magic one. Yeah. He was the one that knew the magic. Maybe no, but Michael. Andrew grew demons, and uh, Andrew's brother Trevor grew demons. Fine. But Andrew Andrew was apprenticing. Is it what he would say? The reason that Andrew exists is because they couldn't get that actor back. Yeah. Yeah. The trio would have been different, but I think we still would have had a trio because Warren was the power behind the trio. He was the malevolent power behind the trio. I I think I think that Jonathan is an interesting character along the lines of Amy, because Mm -hmm. Jonathan is another one of those characters that comes close to the Scooby gang. He skirts them, he bounces off of them a lot, Mm -hmm. and ultimately he ends up in a bad place. He never, ever finds the same um, support system that they have. Yep. Yeah. And it costs him. And it, it, yeah, it costs him. And he ends up with the trio. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh... He also never seems happy about it. Yeah, no. Uh, he, uh... Like... I, th- I think Jonathan is such a sad Yeah, like, character. one of the saddest things, like, like, especially, um... Like, when Buffy says that she would never, ever, ever date Jonathan, uh, she she doesn't talk about, like, like oh, because he has poor judgment, obviously. Like, like because that might make him... That would make him, like, kind of a uh, bad choice to, like, have around. But then Xander? Like, really? She um, also mocks him for being, like, three feet tall. Yeah, and that was... It was like... That was where I was like, Buffy, no. You, you're you so much better than that. Yeah. I was not happy with There that was a lot of... There were, like... Because Buffy's not usually mean. Yeah. Yeah, she's not usually mean. And, um... I... That was a bummer. Yeah. Like, um, I almost liked what she was saying, too. Like, what am I, St. Buffy? Like, I thought that was a good line. Mm-hmm. And then... He's, like, three feet tall. And I was like, like why'd you, you follow it up with that? Yeah. I particularly wanted to hear your opinion on this. Yeah, that was... that was. I mean, that's 100%, like... One of the reasons I felt very much like Jonathan when I was, when I was in school. Yeah. My, uh... No... My, my my second serious relationship was with a guy who was considerably shorter than I was. And, uh, man, he, like, never got over that. It was it was hard because I was constant. Uh, I got exhausted reassuring him that, yes, he was a man. It was just, oh, I, I just feel bad. I just feel really bad. Yeah, like, and, like, to some extent, of course, you have to get over it yourself. Mm-hmm. But, like... But society fucking makes it hard. Yeah. Because society shits on short men. Mm-hmm. Society shits on a lot of people that don't need to be shit on. Like, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like, for a lot of things, I'm like, fuck you. Like, first off, I think Danny Strong is just... He's really cute. Adorbs. He's really cute. He has totes adorbs. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to embarrass you real quick, okay? You are adorable. Oh, my gosh. You're tiny and you give the best hugs and it's the best. I am five foot three. Best hugs. Here. I'm five foot two and a half. Thank you. <laughs> I love you. It averages. Uh, it, you round up when it's the when it's a point five. I would have believed you if you said five four. Oh, can thank I can you. I can I tell a story? Oh sure. He told me five four, mm. but I am five three. Mm. And so the first time I met him, I I stood there looking at him for a second, and I was like, "You are not five four. 
And he was like, yes, I am. And I was like, you can't possibly be because I am five, three. And he, he held on. He was like, he was like five foot two and three quarters. And I was like, "Mm." and he was like, that's as low as I go. (laughs) It was pretty great. It was adorable. Well, I imagine at some point I'll like age to the point that I will begin to grow shorter still. My daughter keeps talking about when I grow up taller, and I was like, that's not how it works at my age. You don't get taller now. Yeah. Actually, I grew an extra inch um, in college. I was 5'6 when I graduated, and I became 5'7 when I was in college. You think there's still hope for me at 36? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you are going to sprout up to 5'8". Hope for both of us. Yay. <laughs> um... But yeah, I I was I was I was put off by that. And something else, I meant to save this for the end, but we're here. I was just a little put off by her speech to Jonathan about how everyone has pain. Because this is a guy that's sitting there and he's ready to kill himself. Yeah. Okay, everyone has pain. Yes, this is true. Nobody is living a perfect life. But when you're talking about a guy who's getting ready to take his own life, his pain is not equivalent. Okay, his pain is not as equivalent as the guy who's worried about his test scores. It's always, yeah, there's a thing that a lot of people like, I see it a lot on social media where people are like, you may think you have it bad, but look at this picture of a child in Syria. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, but like, I'm not saying that like. That child in Syria clearly has it worse, but maybe fuck you. Yeah, because like, I, like, I, there's not just the most destitute person in the world is the only one that gets to feel pain. Yeah. Okay. Like, no matter what the situation, there is somebody somewhere that is mm-hmm. going to have it worse than you. Mm-hmm. Just like there's somebody somewhere that's going to have it better with you, better than you in every aspect. And so I really, I don't like, I don't like the comparison. Right now, I'm sorry to interrupt. I didn't. You didn't. Right now, I am having a a hard time with my depression and I find that that kind of language I kind of take personally because Mm -hmm. it feels like they're saying well that person has pain and they're fine what's wrong with you that person has pain and they're they're fine yeah so why can't you get out of bed I'm like okay listen (laughs) it's not the same thing yeah no, I, I, I hate it when people try to compare like that because that's how you that's how you end up with people that don't ask for help. Yes, exactly. Because you know, for a long time mm-hmm. with my depression and anxiety I didn't say anything because it was just like, well, mm-hmm. there are other people that have it worse and it wasn't until I was like legitimately suicidal that I was like, Okay, maybe maybe this isn't good or normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like, I feel like one of the major problems this episode has is all the red herrings. Yeah. Because they have Freddy be the red herring for a while because he's, like, got depressing uh, student, like, reports. Mm-hmm. But then it turns out, oh, no, he was just hiding from the group, not because he had any nefarious plans, but because he was afraid that uh, Oz was going to personally deliver a bad review. A yeah. bad review of his review. Yeah. Um, and, uh... And, and then, that Jonathan himself was a red herring. And yeah, and then and then Jonathan turns out to be a red herring because surprisingly, the boy who walks up to the clock tower, a great vantage view vantage point in the school, with a high powered rifle 
is apparently not there to kill other people, but to kill himself. I thought that was a strange choice of weapon to kill yourself with. The only explanation is if you had access to no other weapon, but... Any household that has a high-powered rifle has Probably a fucking has a handgun. handgun. Yeah. Um, in California? Probably the rural California, yeah. But they're not in rural California. Well, they kind of are. I, I mean, don't know what the California gun laws are. I don't but... actually know the California gun laws either, but I feel like our view of who might have a gun is a little bit skewed by the fact that we do live in Oklahoma. You're probably, you're okay. And probably. Fair very, enough. Yeah. So I think that it could be likely that maybe his family does go hunting and he has a high-powered rifle. Okay. And not a handgun. Objection withdrawn. Um, I don't know. Uh-huh. Like, culturally speaking, what I know of California tells me that this is likely. No, you make a really good point. Um, um, yeah, here in Oklahoma, I would say for sure, if you've got a high-powered rifle, you've got a handgun, you've got a shotgun, you've got... yeah. You've probably got an AR-15. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't... I. And it's also possible that maybe he didn't even... That's not even his family's gun. Yeah. Maybe he got it from somebody else, and that was just the only gun that he could get a hold of because he's white. Mm-hmm. To uh, the only the only thing that makes sense is that he was looking for some place to be performative about it, yeah. Because uh, he did send in a suicide letter to the paper, and he was he was wanting and f- forgive me when I say he was wanting attention, I don't mean that in the this was all a big act to try and get attention. I mean it in the sense that he was wanting people to see that he was in pain, and that's why he was choosing to do it at the school instead of at home. Yeah. Um, and then the clock tower would be a place that everyone would look to and see. I thought it was it was a weird choice for them to pick a gun that was so obviously like uh, seemed more like a gun that like somebody would use for mass shooting, and mm-hmm. then like it turned out it was a suicide. Yeah. Like, like, uh, like I, I don't know. I I just didn't like it as a red herring because it's like, well, now Buffy has to be somewhere else, and this is kind of a joke. Like, I don't know. I also wonder if they could even show a handgun, really. It's possible. They could. Uh, Darla came in with a handgun shooting people. Oh, you're right. She did. Season one. It's You're, you're right. You're right. Two handguns, actually. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I, I agree. Like, I thought that during the episode, too. I was like, man, that's a big thing. Like... Mm-hmm. That would not be my gun of choice. Can you reach the trigger? You start getting into toe maneuvers mm-hmm. with with something like that. Yeah, definitely he's going to be toe, toe shooting. Yeah, and that seems like uh, more silly than I would want my attention-grabbing death to be. Yeah, I agree. Cause like, it's not funny. Because <laughs> more, more than likely what you're going to wind up doing is just causing, you're maiming yourself, and then... It's going to be even worse. Yeah. This is what happened to, to, uh, was it? Shitmouth. Our space. Our space. <laughs> Our space from Preacher. It's, it's the character. Okay. <laughs> I was, I was horrified. <laughs> no, there was a, a guy recently who got a face transplant. Um, and he had, he had tried to kill himself and just shot the front of his face off. 
Um, That's unfortunate. It was, gaming. it was, it was, it was bad. And among his other problems was what they had been able to salvage of his mouth was so small that he couldn't even really eat. And interestingly enough, the face plans tra- transplant they got him was from a young man who did kill himself. So, um, Oh. Sorry. No, don't be sorry. That's that's interesting. Um, um I think yeah, and, face and, and, and then of course of course now in, in that context, imagine the joke Buffy made is basically a joke Jonathan's heard a million times and probably contributed to the fact to his being up there at the, the, the three foot tall joke. Yeah. To be fair, she didn't say it to him. Yeah, but but she still said it. And she still heard said it. it to the audience. You know, I always wonder about the actors that are cast in roles like that. Mm-hmm. Actors that are cast in roles that are meant to be in some way, like, unattractive. Yeah. Like, the fat guy who gets the fat guy jokes made about him. The short guy who gets the short jokes made. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know. Do you want to hug Danny? Because I'll give you one. Danny's strong. You rock. You do, he by does. the way. Danny, Danny's doing just fine. We will still give you hugs. But Danny's doing just fine. Good. Um, um, do you, I think it's funny that Cordelia doesn't know what Jonathan looks like. Yeah, she has to like <laughs> grab everyone and turn them all the way around. Yeah, like like she actually grabs one guy who looks nothing like Jonathan. Like he's got nearly blonde hair, and she holds him by the shoulders and stares into his face for a moment before being like, "Nah, that's not him." <laughs> so I just I just love that Cordelia has. No idea what Jonathan looks like, despite the fact that she has looked straight at him multiple times. Harmony has made fun of Cordelia and Jonathan at mm-hmm. the same time, and Cordelia still has no idea, thus proving Jonathan's point. I want to call out um, one of Wesley's lines. Right at the very beginning, Giles is trying to talk about uh, what they know. Wesley comes in... Uh, Giles says, I'm telling them what we know about the mayor's plans. And Wesley says, oh, what took up the rest of the minute? <laughs> and then immediately Wesley like is undercut by the fact that Wesley also, also knows nothing. Knows the same, yes. the same exact thing. The which same, is that same nothing. It's not the demon Azeroth. Azeroth. Or what, what is it? <laughs> Azeroth. He said Azeroth. It is Azeroth? Oh, no, that's World of Warcraft. Yeah, that is World of Warcraft. I don't know what it was. Something very much like Azeroth. As a, I don't know what it was. Um, I think it was Azeroth. I want to say it was Azeroth too, but that is that is wow, and so I don't know if that's what they would do. So my other my my last final silly comment is: Is Angel really so dumb? And let's be fair, Angel's dumb sometimes. Is Angel really so dumb that he does not understand that Buffy's upset about Faith? I I thought he got it. It seemed to take him a little while. I thought he, you know what, I don't know, because here's the thing, I don't want, (coughs) I don't want Buffy to be upset about Faith anymore. Mm -hmm. It annoys me that Buffy, like, I'm having a supernatural moment with this, where I'm like, dude, your brothers, get the fuck over it, and let's move on with the goddamn story. With Buffy, because I'm like, it was your plan let it the fuck go and let's move on. Yeah, like I feel like if you and I had a plan and our plan was involved us being dicks to each other, like to trick someone else, once we tricked that other person, we'd be like, okay, so like nothing we said counted, right? Yeah, like And we'd be cool. No, well like in in our gaming, the the, the re- most recent game we played, our characters really did 
did not yeah. like each other and were fighting constantly. Yeah, and like I said some shitty fucking things to you <laughs> in character. And I said some really passive aggressive things in character. Um but God, it was fun. It, it was, was. Fun as hell. It was a lot of fun. I like the I, I don't I, know that it was fun for anyone else as I look over at Jack's face. I was so privileged. I, I, I just don't didn't even notice a lot of the passive aggressive things he said. <laughs> I was just like, what? Well no, like I think it, it was great banter. It's fun having that tension in a party. Yeah. Um but yeah, like I'm not I'm not mad at you at all. Yeah. And I just I don't understand why Buffy is holding on to something that she told him to do. Right. Granted, we are uh, all of us in our late thirties, so so yeah, that's impossible. It, it, it's impossible for Buffy to be expected to. Be I feel like your rounding like is funny because <laughs> you are not in your late thirties. And several of the people in our group are definitely over 30. And I just find your rounding really funny. It's like, to appease everybody. I I'm actually just love say- the tiny little cut of his eyes to me. <laughs> just, just the tiniest flick of his eyes. Uh, where, where are we all? Late 30s. Late 30s is where we are. We'll, we'll go with late 30s. Yeah, okay. Um, I, just, I just love so much about that. <laughs> I'm the youngest, so my age doesn't matter. You're not. Yeah, I am. CJ? In this group? In this room. In this room right oh, now. Oh, in this room, sure. Yeah, you're the baby. I thought you were talking about the the gaming group. Yeah, no, in the world, I'm not the youngest. <laughs> like, I said gaming group, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, but, but yes, I think, I think the first session we played that game, you and I had a very brief, you know, that was all in fun conversation, yeah. and then it was done. Yeah. And... It was cool. That doesn't always happen. Sometimes you yell at people and, and uh, people wind up crying. Me? No, I'm me when okay. I yell at people. Because <laughs> my character and somebody else's character didn't get a line in another game. Mm. And you made them cry? I did a little bit. It wasn't him. It was a combination of many things. Okay. okay. Um... So, I want to talk about the scene where Xander discovers the lunch lady real quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so first off, um, why is Xander such an idiot at the beginning of that? Like, I'm doing an important thing. Ooh, Jello. What the fuck, Xander? Are you, are you four? Are you a child? What is happening here? And Jello. Okay, Jell-O. I mean, Jello's nice, but it's not going to... It's 60 cents a fucking box. Yeah. Yeah, they, he's they very poor, though. Chocolate it's pudding. Very... I would buy chocolate pudding. He's a, Cookies, he's brownies. He comes from a neglectful family. They don't buy him these things. It's sixty cents a box. They don't buy him these. They things. wouldn't stop him from stealing that. <laughs> they they wouldn't, but no, they might. They might. They might because they they won't want to get in trouble for something so stupid. But they'd rather like. Steal like here, steal this instead. Put a six pack under his shirt or something. He's white. They would let him get away with it. <laughs> okay, so so we will for the moment accept that he would react that way to Jello. Sure. Um, that aside, that scene is fucking comedy gold. It really is. It's so it's it's like a shot out of a comic panel. Yes. With the with the really huge. Brightly colored box that says in gigantic letters "rat poison." Uh huh. 
<laughs> and her her face and the way she's absolutely still. They're, they both are. They're so, so still. It's like when my dog is trying to, like, steal food from me. <laughs> and, and, and just the intense eye contact of, like, I'm moving so slowly, you can't see me. <laughs> but they're both just staring at each other. And the fact that she keeps pouring, like, the rat poison is still going well, What are you going to do at that time? point? You might as well just own it. It's just like, <laughs> fuck it. I mean, it is what it is. I'm trying to kill everyone. <laughs> and like, hold on, let me finish and I'll kill you too. How neither <laughs> one of them moves for a long time. I mean, it was a long time, yeah. Like, man... Nicholas Brendan is just a really good comedic actor. He really is. It's true. His timing is great. He was really good. He wasn't on for a very long time, but he was on Criminal Minds for a little while, and he was really good in that. He played uh, Garcia's boyfriend. Ooh. Yeah. And uh, he was really good in that, too. Hmm. And they went to a lot of effort to make him unattractive, because he's not an unattractive guy. And they went to a lot of work to make him unattractive, but... Um, why do you hire him if you want somebody unattractive? Uh, it's the same question I have about Xander. Like, like, show, stop telling me that Xander's not hot. He's clearly hot. Yeah, he really is. So, anyway. I agree. Oh, you were glaring at me a little bit. <laughs> oh, sorry, I have to do that sometimes. Resting bitch face. Yeah. Um, it's just my face. So, yeah, I love it. I love him running out and being like, step away from your spoons! <laughs> and flipping tables all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just extreme freak. I love Xander's extreme freakouts like that. Like he's uh-huh. so bad in, <laughs> in crises. But he did get everyone's attention. He did. No question, he, did. he got everyone's attention. Um. So I did have one thing I wanted to say about the lunch lady. Though. Okay. I kind of wish. That in this scenario, they had not gone with someone so conventionally unattractive. Yeah. Like, it felt it felt like a very easy joke to mm-hmm. make, and I wish that they had aimed higher than that. Yeah, I'm with you. I 100% agree, especially since they had to pick a stunt double that was so much thinner. <laughs> Because, like, it was... It's so clearly not her. Yeah. Yeah. It's like she lost, like, like between the camera moving from one person to the next, she lost, like, 200 pounds. It was And, you know, crazy. on things like that, where I'm like, this scene is, like, she's in this so little, why not just hire the stunt person? Yeah. yeah. Like... We presume they can act because they're in movies yeah. doing stunts. And really all they had to do was stand still and stare at Xander for about 10 seconds. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so I I don't understand why in a scene like this where you know you're going to use a stunt double, mm-hmm. maybe just hire the double. Like, is there a reason? I don't know. They wanted to pick someone who was conventionally ugly. They wanted to care. They, they wanted the lunch lady joke. Yeah, yeah. they were going for the which lunch is, lady which is, joke. Like, which I feel is is what really undercut like all the niceness that could have happened with Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's like I love that scene, but at the same time, I'm like, does this belong in this episode? You know, I think part of the whole when we talk about they wouldn't make this episode now, and there's a whole lot of reasons for that, and I think one of the main reasons for that is that the shooter was not the actual problem in that episode. Not only was it, but, like, 
He was treated in a very sympathetic way. Mm-hmm. Um, even when we thought that he might be the shooter. Like, yeah. Yeah. like it being Jonathan. We've seen Jonathan. We kind of like Jonathan. Yeah, like even before this episode, like many times we've been on Jonathan's side. Mm-hmm. And I think that that... Um, sort of perpetuates this idea that people are very much standing up against now because there was that what was it right walk up yeah walk up. don't walk out walk up yeah and where it's like maybe you should be the friend of the weirdo and it's like okay but like it's a nice sentiment it sounds nice on the surface it does but like nobody should be friends with somebody that makes them uncomfortable mm-hmm. or anything like that and this the um N- the, the latest one not the latest one <laughs> there's been like 10 Parkland uh, the Parkland thank you yeah. the Parkland like for all, like all reports say he was a fucking weirdo yeah and like n- nobody should have to be friends with somebody mm-hmm. like nobody needs to risk themselves to be there for somebody just to keep them from doing something bad. Did that make sense? I am all for yeah. anti-bullying. I yes. am all about anti-bullying campaigns. Uh, but yeah, this this walk up, not out thing, there's problems on so many levels. Yeah. You're, you're, you're putting the emotional baggage of, a, of, of somebody onto another person. Not to mention it's victim blaming. Yeah, and Yeah, and victim blaming and basically being like, well, if you had been nicer, this wouldn't have happened to you. And it's like, well, fuck you. Like... Mm-hmm. You don't know how many times people did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there's there's a bunch of times, like, uh, a lot of people who experience, like, strong emotions that cause them to isolate themselves, like, tend to have a lot of people come up to them. And, like, one of the things is that the tendency to isolate is builds upon itself. So once you, like, are working towards isolating yourself, you, you work really hard at it to make sure that the people who would tolerate you don't. Yeah. Like, like to some extent, it, it, it winds up being the person who is doing the isolating it's like job to... People that their emotions are the fault of somebody else. Mm-hmm. They are entitled to the things they think they want. Mm-hmm. And they are entitled to get mad about it when they don't. Yeah, exactly. So. Okay. So, yeah. I really like at the ends when Buffy tells Giles that she knows about him. And he and walks into the tree. Yeah. <laughs> it's so great. It's such a... Mm-hmm. I, love, I love it when Giles gets ruffled. Yes. <laughs> Ruffled Giles is my favorite. Um, yeah, that's great. One of, I'm really kind of interested in both the things that Buffy was hearing and Buffy's journey from being terrified of what was going to happen to her to being kind of excited what had happened to her to then this descent into this is going to kill her eventually. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, the the moment when she was walking down the hall and she could hear what people were thinking and that one guy started thinking about wanting to throw her up against the lockers. That was... uh, Yeah. um, Yeah. I don't know if, like, I have decided that... Okay, let me rephrase that. I know I have decided that more things are not okay. Um, I did not remember so much of this stuff from Buffy. Mm -hmm. And, like, if I had not watched Buffy since high school, I'd be like, okay, that makes sense. But I rewatched it fairly recently. Yeah. And so I am interested to know what clicked in my head 
in the last like I think there's a I think we're seeing a historic change right now with Me Too and yeah. all the terrible men that are that are being exposed and I I think we're suddenly reaching a point where like like my dad likes to talk about how women didn't used to care about this and I'm like oh dad they cared they just were afraid to say anything yeah and so I think we're seeing what's appropriate to joke about change at the same time yeah yeah that's yeah and so like there are a lot of things that are a lot of lines in Buffy that I'm I am now like whoa that is too far mm-hmm. a lot with Xander the hooker comments yeah which are wrong on a number of levels yeah it yeah I agree I th- well I think sex workers deserve respect too yeah <laughs> I think though that you'll find this is true um, with a lot of 90s shows I've heard people say that Friends is now just unwatchable. Um, and I remember loving Friends. Well, no, that's too strong. I wouldn't say I loved Friends. I enjoyed Friends. That's what I've heard, too. I never watched... Yes. I never watched Friends. Mm-hmm. But now, like, I have seen a few scenes now, and I'm like, nah, I think I missed that train. Uh-huh. And it is way too late to catch it now. Yeah. Now now the, the jokes they're making are not... Like, there's the fat shaming of Monica. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the fat shaming of fat, ugly, naked guy across the street. There's... Home, tra- uh, Travis. Chandler's father is... I forget if he's actually a trans or if he is um, uh, just a cross oh, Yeah, they play that for laughs. They play that so hard for laughs. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. That's um, a Yeah. But, you know, at the time I was watching it, I was I was enjoying it. So. Uh, sorry. Ni- 90s TV. That's how we got there. <laughs> Things that were okay in the 90s that aren't, there, aren't okay now. Yeah, I think, I think this episode, like... I mean, I was going to give it a three. Um... There's a lot of really good points in this episode. I do like it when Buffy is walking down the hall and she hears, um, I, like, like all of the bummer thoughts that everybody has. Like, I hate yeah. my body. Am I going to die a virgin? And uh-huh. like, like when she has all of that, I yeah. think that that is a really, a really touching scene because I think it is really, really easy. I don't like it when people are like, you're sad, but look at all these other people who are sad yeah. too. But I also think it's important to realize that, for instance, whenever he says to her, oh, yeah, cursed with being attractive and athletic or beautiful and athletic or whatever, and she says, my life sometimes sucks beyond the telling of it. There's a moment in The Breakfast Club when, um, uh, what's uh, Anthony Michael Hall's character's name? Brian. Brian says something about being under pressure to Claire and she kind of erupts at him about you don't understand pressure. You don't understand the pressure I'm under. And mm-hmm. she kind of and and yeah, being that I was much more of a Brian than I was a Claire, I, I, I have to admit I kinda of take Brian's side, but she's making a point that she is under tremendous pressure to to live the life that she's that she's living. Yeah. And I may not be sympathetic to that, but it's it's an important point and and yeah I when I when I say I don't like hearing everyone has pain the other side of that is sometimes it is very comforting to know um, that 
I'm not alone in what I feel. Well, and I think it's really easy for, like, like I said, when Jonathan calls Buffy out for being attractive and athletic, you know, he is seeing that. He's like, she's beautiful, she's athletic, mm-hmm. what is wrong with her life? Because he's attributing all of his pain to, like, I'm not that. Yeah. And and I think, and it, it is, e- that's an easy thing to do when the fact of it is, is that these things help Buffy in some situations, harm her in others, and mm-hmm. ultimately there's not, like, the only mm-hmm. difference between Buffy and, and Jonathan is the specific kind of shit they're dealing with. Right. Because at the same time that she's beautiful and athletic, she's small, blonde, and female. Yeah. Which um, means she's not getting a lot of respect. Yeah. In a lot of ways. And she's also the slayer. She has to make... She has to kill Angel. Yeah. Um, Like, you know, bad things happen. Yeah. It's like... uh, It's making me think of that line in The Magicians when Quentin is like, yes, we are all fucked in our own ways, like always. Yeah. But even then, (laughs) Elliot and Margot were about to go over a cliff. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and Julia had her arguably bigger thing to deal with. So they weren't all fucked equally. They were not all fucked equally. And arguably, if you want to compare, um... Josh was fucked the least. Well, to, to, but he's the one we had to say. Yeah. But to to ultimately to spoilers from, for magicians. In order to heal from depression, you have to reframe your suffering. You do. And uh, and so and so somehow somebody's got to get you out of my pain, my pain, my pain, and put you into a like a like others matter to mode. I do think that that's important. Like a lot of, div- um, you know, you can get medicated. That I was gonna say, you can get medicated, but do that. Like, yeah, get help. Yeah, get help. <laughs> if you're depressed, get help. Don't be. You don't have to be Jonathan, man. Get help. There is no shame in that. But also, there's a lot of work that you have to do yourself. You can't just get the medication and be like, I'm good to go now. You have to like the medication helps you get to a point where you can be like, okay, now I don't have to just be in my head. I can think about other people. Too. And the impulse to not get help is part of the is part of the depression because the depression doesn't want to like go away. Well, and it can yeah. be really hard. Whenever I was trying to make an appointment recently to get back on medication, um, I had one person who answered the phone and was like, "We're not going to be able to get you in for like a month." And I was like, "Why are you angry at me? <laughs> I don't understand why you're yelling at me." I just want to not be sad and anxious all the time. And, like, the whole conversation I had with her was really, like, upsetting. And the thing that bothered me the most about it was I told her up front when I called, I'm really depressed and I'm really anxious and I'm, like, I'm at, like, an 11 and I need to be at, like, a 5 to function in my life. And then she just went in on this really, like, aggro way of talking. And I'm like, why do you do this? So it's not just, like hard to get yourself to the point where you can ask for help, it can be really hard to actually get the help. Yeah. yeah. Because there, I almost was like, well, I guess I'm done. Mm-hmm. I almost hung up that phone and was just like, I give up. Tried, can't. Yeah. And I guess the other thing I would say, if you have friends that you're worried about, um, go talk to them. Don't wait for them to come to there's you. There's a very good chance they won't come to you. Yeah. Um, I 
personally, my my personal barrier is I worry about being a burden. Same. And I don't I don't want to be that person that you're like, oh god, it's Donna again, ugh. So a lot of times I won't reach out when I'm really struggling with my depression. So if you've got somebody that you're worried about. You go to them, okay? You don't even have to go to them and be like, hey man, you depressed? Although I kind of do sometimes. Like, if I notice that somebody hasn't been coming to things a lot, I'll be like, yo, what's up? I haven't seen you around. Everything good? Mm Want to go see a movie or something? Yeah. Be that friend. Be that friend. Er, Er. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, the more you know. Um, anything else, guys? Uh, nope. That was all my... Okay. Uh, then uh, I will ask you to please go visit iTunes and Google Play. Do the rate, review, and subscribe thing. We would appreciate that very, very much. You can find us on the social medias at once more W Buffy. One of these days you'll just remember it. Well, I'm actually trying to give everyone a chance to talk, yeah. but I just realized I'm going to give you a chance to talk when we talk about murder here in just a it, second. It's so, nice, it's so nice that you thought it was her. Like, it was her <laughs> problem, though. It's not my problem. So, also, we write, you guys. Um, we are a part of a small publishing house called A Murder of Storytellers. Um, we publish a lot of genre fiction, and uh, you should check us out if you like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Because... Good fit. It's a, it's, a, it's a big inspiration. <laughs> um, and we are part of the Gumby Cat Networks, where you can find our sister podcasts, Collective Snark, and once no, we are once what we're feeling. Collective <laughs> Snark and Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, and also our brother podcast, The Family Business. And you can find us and a whole bunch of other fun things there at GumbyCatNetworks.com. Our sugar daddy. <laughs> no! It's not like that. Oh, should I have said... It's a family man show. Somebody was supposed to be like, it's a family I'm man. I'm sorry, I missed the cue. Let's, let's try it again. And our brother podcast, The Family Business. You can find all of us at our sugar daddy. It's not like that. Gummy cast. This is a family show. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Tana can't even get it out. Um, I actually meant to add with the murder of storytellers thing that one of our goals is to bring more diversity into genre fiction. And they do. We 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 You're do part of that, Donna. We do a fantastic job of that, in my personal opinion. Uh, so yeah, Gur, Arg. I am the show's token Hispanic. <laughs> Gumby Cat Productions. Podcasts for podcast people. Meow. Meow.